You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We're talking defense today, projecting the 49ers' final 53 defensive side of the ball. Go back to Tuesday's episode if you want to hear who Croc and I think will make the roster following training camp on the offensive side of the ball. And Croc, now I'm looking at this right now. We've got 25 offensive players. We've got three specialists, kicker, punter, long snapper, Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, Tabor Pepper. That leaves us with 25 spots left. So that'd be split 50-50 between offense and defense. But last year, the 49ers, I believe, took 24 on offense, 26 on defense. So if we get to the end of this and there's some tough decisions, we might have to go back and cut a player from the offensive side of the ball and keep one more on defense if we think that's more valuable. So that's another consideration we're going to have to have here uh, as we get toward the end of this. We might have an extra, say, quarterback or offensive lineman we could steal from if that is the case, but we'll have to compare that and how we feel like we can go uh, with the defensive side of the ball at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker is where you can find us. Drop us a line anytime. We try to filter in some questions now and again. Hit a bunch with Nick yesterday, and we will continue to hit those as we get into training camp that does start to fire up next week. Hey, you know, I do have a question. Yeah. So 49ers, obviously, they used a fourth-round pick on, on Wisnowski, and that was a big deal, right? There were a lot of people that felt some type of way about that. You don't draft players that high. You know, he's not an impact player and whatnot. But how do you feel about the fact that Wisnowski is still on the roster? Obviously, he was a fourth-round pick, but he's out there every day contributing to some extent. Sounded like he did well punting, not game-changing or anything like that. Would you rather have Wisnowski in the fourth round and he's consistently active on your team contributing or a flyer in the fourth round on someone who may or may not still be on the roster? That's a good question, and I, I'll answer it the same. Because, and I was one of those. It's like, what the hell are you doing drafting a punter in the fourth round? I, I still think it's a bad pick. And Mitch Wisnowski's fine, but there's better punters that were drafted later or undrafted in that same draft. It's just like, you know, don't do it. It's so so the opportunity <laughs> yeah. cost of another another player that could be good, even if they end up getting cut, is still worth it to me. And the way I look at it is, back in 2017, there was a lot of people that were fans of Christian McCaffrey, right? And so, and I'm very much an anti don't draft running, don't spend big resources, don't draft running back that early in the first round. As awesome as McCaffrey is, imagine how awesome it'd be with McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan's offense. But my response to that idea, and it's the same with a punter in the fourth round as a running back early in the first round. If I would rather swing and miss trying to draft a quarterback, a defensive lineman early in the draft, rather than hit on a running back, if that makes sense. So, Yes, Christian McCaffrey would have been a better pick than Solomon Thomas, but I don't think either one of them would have been the right pick. You know what I mean? It should have been a player that could have been more impactful, bring more wins to your team, because I just don't think the difference between Christian McCaffrey, and we actually talked about this a little bit this week on the Peacock and Williamson show about running back values. The difference between the best and whatever replacement level player, you know, average player at a position in the NFL is at quarterback, that's huge, makes tons of difference. Pass rusher, that's huge, makes a ton of difference on your football team. Running back, the difference between uh, Chris McCaffrey and whatever average running back is not that much. And it, it's just not worth 
the opportunity of maybe hitting on a hugely impactful player in another position. When I look at that draft with Mitch Wisnowski, the punter in the fourth round, I mean, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That was my Shadow 49ers pick that year. And it's like, what, what advantage are you gaining? Sure, you need a punter, but why do you have to draft the fourth-round punter who's not <laughs> better at all or marginally better than the next guy? It's not going to make a difference. You know, what is one young, even if it was the the league average, the worst punter, worst punter in the NFL of the 32. So punter 32 versus punter one. Have you ever thought about that? Like, oh, gosh, man, if we had a better punter, maybe, you know, we have won six more games <laughs> right. last year. It just it doesn't just matter value. at all. So don't screw with the it. value like, is bad. Right? Yeah, the I would rather like, it just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I would just rather swing and miss on a player that could impact my team more so than draft a punter. So that's that's the problem I have with drafting the punter in the fourth round. It's nothing against Mish Wisnowski. It's nothing against running backs because I love watching running backs play. I love running backs on my fantasy team. Uh, that's not why I'm against first-round running backs. It's just the value of what you could get, the opportunity of hitting on a big-time player. So I would much rather you know, continue draft defensive linemen every year and hope to get a Nick Bosa even if you do end up with some Solomon Thomases, then drafting running backs because they just they they just don't affect enough for your football team in the wins and losses category to me. That that's actually my same argument for drafting receivers top ten, especially nowadays, right? I mean, you draft a Jamar Chase or uh, Smith, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, but then the guys at the top of the second round are there is not that big of a gap in production when you look at what T Higgins gave. Cincinnati, and then you look at what, uh, what, what um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name, but the, the receiver from, uh, um, shoot, any of the top receivers that, that were drafted, you know, last year. Well, like, yeah, what so did they like, give you? you I like, think I was thinking of CeeDee Lamb because oh, CeeDee Lamb had a good rookie year, yeah. right? CeeDee Lamb had a good rookie year. Justin Jefferson had an look, amazing rookie year. Right. And, and I see, I didn't even go that far, but I'm going second round, yeah. right? T. Higgins taking at the top of the second round. And we're seeing this consistently, right? Like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin. We're seeing all these guys that are not drafted in the top 10. Now, maybe if you have to redo the draft, you draft them there, but they weren't drafted in the top 10, but they're giving you really good production. What's the difference? What's the difference in production going to be between T. Higgins and Jamar Chase? Is it going to be that drastic of a difference uh, with one guy taken in the top five? in comparison to a guy that was taken in the second round. Like, you know, maybe at the end of the year, Chase has 100 more yards. Is that that big of a difference to take a guy there as opposed to a, a pass rusher that's taken in the top 10 or an offensive tackle that's taken in the top 10? There's typically a drastic difference between that talent and a tackle that goes in the second or third round. I agree with you. It's gotten to the point where even the last couple of years, kind of rethinking about this, maybe you just wait. Maybe you just don't mess with wide receivers until the second round. Because if you right. just look at second round versus first round wide receivers, the group of second rounders might be better. Going all the way back to 2014, Sammy Watkins versus Allen Robinson and uh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, Jarvis Landry and Devontae Adams. And I mean, it's crazy. So that's. Um, and it's not to say that you shouldn't, so it's not as hard and fast as, like, don't take a first-round wide receiver. It's just like, gosh, there's a lot of value in the second round. If there's well, something else you can go in the first round and draft, maybe do that because I mean, there's Michael Pittman from last year. And, uh, you know, when you when you look at what was there in the second round versus what was there in the first round and Henry Ruggs and, and Jerry Judy, there's a lot of good receivers. Brandon Ayuk in the first round is a lot of good ones. 
but especially top 10 and maybe even first round altogether, the second round is, is a sweet spot for wide receivers right now. Day two in general, even the third round too. I think once you get into the 20s, I'm, I'm good with that because you're probably picking late second round, so you might not get a chance to get mm-hmm. one of those guys. But if you're picking early, like, dude, you know, you just threw out some names, right? And there are guys that are really good at the top of that draft that you're talking about. I think it was 2014. But you did have Mike Evans, who's been extremely productive. You did have, um, you know, Watkins, but, you know, Odell Beckham, who was picked around like 12 or 13. But then would you rather have Odell, Mike Evans, or Sammy Watkins, or Jarvis Landry, uh, Don, uh, uh, Devontae Adams, or Allen Robinson? Is the is the... Is it that much different? Because those same guys that that drafted those guys in the top of the first, they they had another shot to take some of those guys in the second right. round, especially if they didn't take a guy first round. So that's kind of my thing with the receivers. I feel like you can manufacture touches, you can manufacture production with that position, especially now with everything being so spread and wide open. Why not wait on second round? Now, you want to take Brandon Ayuk at the end of the first round? I'm good with that. But it's when you draft a guy like Chase, top five, is, is he ever going to be good enough to live up to that draft uh, positioning right there? And I th- I don't think that it is that drastic of what you're going to get from some of these guys that go in the second round. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and and you got to play the you got to play the draft game too. And sometimes even if you have a draft board, it's like, well, this guy has this grade. It's like, well, is this ability is this ability such a, a drastic difference between the other guys you could get at this position that um, with how deep wide receiver is that it makes a difference over drafting someone where it's a scarce position. You could get a, you could, you could draft a decision maker that you just can't find on day two sometimes. So it's a, it's a huge right. decision to make. And um, yeah, and it's a great point. And you know, the question was about punter. Don't draft punters in the fourth <laughs> round. Come on, dude, just don't do it. All right, we got to talk defense. Let's project out the defensive side of the 49ers 53-man roster next. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Croc, when we talked about Talanoa Hufanga the other day, we sort of projected out what we thought the roster would look like at safety, and we settled on four safeties, Ward, Tart, Marcel Harris, and Hufanga, the rookie. Do you feel like that needs to change at all, looking at uh, the other possibilities, the other players that the 49ers could keep at the safety position on the final roster? I think that'll work. I think one one thing that really helped Funga is the injury of Tavares McFadden. I mean, uh, Tavares McFadden. Tavares Moore, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tavares Moore. Moore. Those guys, they came out at the same time. But 
so yeah, from that standpoint, he he I think he's safe. If Moore was still healthy, I think Hufunga might be in trouble. He was a what a fourth, fifth round pick. So they they probably find a way to keep him, but he I, I don't think it would be just as easy just to kind of peg him in because and that's also because I think so highly of Marcel Harris. Right. And so uh, I don't think as highly of Marcellus Harris as you do. And just reading the tea leaves, I feel like the 49ers are maybe telling us they don't either, or they at least want competition there. So if Tarverius Moore didn't get hurt, it'd probably be Hufanga versus Harris. But now that doesn't have to be as much of a competition. Maybe it's Tony Jefferson versus Hufanga and Harris at this point. Or maybe it's Tony Jefferson versus Harris. But to me, a tie goes to Harris, right? The guy you drafted and developed, and, and I'm not sold on where Tony Jefferson is in his career. He's just going to come in and take somebody's job. Tavon Wilson, I'm interested to see what he looks like as well. We haven't really talked much about him, but I think we're solid there with those four. Um, those four players, question for me is, you know, what happens at free safety if Ward gets hurt? That, that's still a question. Whew. I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say they put Tart there. Now, the only issue is, what happens if Tart gets hurt? Because yeah. he gets hurt every year. So right, then, and then that's, you can't that's roll, another dilemma. Like, let's say if they get hurt in the same game, if you're rolling out there with Hufanga and Marcel Harris at free safety and strong safety, that, that could be a problem. Not ideal. Not an ideal situation. What about cornerback? Is there a chance that one of these rookie corners could beat out Emmanuel Mosley for a starting cornerback? Spot, we know Kwan Williams is in the slot. That's done. That's a lock. We know Verrett and Mosley are locks to make the roster. That's three. And the two rookies, you know, if you're talking about a, a third and fifth round pick, those are most likely locks. That's five. I, I don't even know if there's an opportunity for another cornerback to make this roster. There's Mark Fields the second. Uh, there is Tim Harris. There is Ken Webster. And there's Dante Johnson, who's never going to go away, it seems like. But... To me, I don't see any of those names beating out any of those top five. So I think we got to start talking about six corners if we want to put anybody else in there. My biggest question with this group is, could someone like Ambry Thomas beat out Emmanuel Mosley for a starting cornerback spot? I, I can't project that. Just because of the fact that Mosley has played so much. He has so much starting experience. He's made plays. Seems like he's con consistently like working really hard to you know work and improve his game. I thought last year was a little bit of a dip in this play, at least the consistency of it. So you'd like to see him do better from there. But I think they, they've done well. He's done well in general, just being an undrafted free agent. And, I mean, he started in the Super Bowl, and he's had numerous amount of starts. I and mean, he's kind of pegged in as a starter heading into this year. I think it would be really tough for one of these rookies to unseat them. And they just have to, every week, like, dang, this guy's just making plays, making plays. And on top of them making plays, they need uh, Mosley to look like he – should not be the starter. Even if they're making plays, but Mosley is doing fine, then he's going to be the starter until he just can't play in the games, which I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I, I can't, I, I won't project one of these younger guys unseating him at that starting cornerback position. So that means we have five solid corners. That's a pretty easy group there uh, in the secondary to project what looks like it should happen if everyone's healthy through training camp. Verrett, Mosley, K1. Thomas and Lenore as our five corners. And here's the thing. Ah, the, the, I think I'm keeping six. I think I'm keeping Dante keeping Johnson. Okay, this might be a tough one. So I'm going to put Dante Johnson in here as the sixth corner because he could play slot, could play outside. He's a veteran there. You do have two rookies of those five and a couple other guys that have some injury history there. So you might need uh, a little bit more. So if you go six, yeah. that leaves us with 15 spots. 
I think we can do this. 15. The 49ers last year kept. Yeah, the 49ers last year kept five. So we'd be keeping one more defensive back. They kept five corners, four safeties. The year before that, they kept six corners, but only three safeties. And I'm trying to think how they did that. Was there somebody who might have gone Harris both ways? Started, Harris started on like pup or it, it oh, was something yeah. like was that. pup because he was hurt coming out of college. Yeah. You're right. That's what that was. And then did they have somebody who played both ways? There was this corner and a safety of that group of cornerbacks. Ward was already safe. This is 2019 we're talking about here. Tar- there was something with Tarverius Moore. Remember, oh, Tarverius Moore was, a, was a corner. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Then he ended up he becoming going from a safety. corner to safety. Yeah. And kind of, he's able, you know, he can play at both spots. So I think that helped them be able to kind of mm-hmm. fiddle that whole thing. And I think Dante Johnson gives you some of that value. Johnson does have safety experience, not a whole lot, but he was at one point penciled in as a safety on paper, clearly has outside corner experience and nickel as you said and he got to start at nickel uh late last year so he's just a guy to me i think he just brings too much value from uh from a standpoint of versatility and there's so much youth especially after your starting corners on the outside and even really on the outsides and in the slot like so you you there's there's not much behind it them there and, unless guys just prove that they can just play extremely well but even then I feel a little bit more comfortable with Dante Johnson, at least right now, coming in and get and playing if one of the starting corners go out as opposed to the rookies. At, right now, I just feel more comfortable with that. Where Dante Johnson last year, I know there are a lot of people that are hard on him just because of his name. They're like, man, I'm just tired of him being on the team. But <laughs> he was not terrible. Like, he never looked like a liability. Like, we saw Brian Allen against the Dolphins, and Dante Johnson never looked like that. I think he might have played some of his best ball, and I was surprised. He doesn't really seem like a guy who's built for the slot, but he even got in – and played there too. So I think it's just oh, a, a he, guy being a veteran, he right? He started his career in the slot. Remember? Like when he got drafted to the 49ers, he started as slot as a rookie, had the interception, returned for a touchdown, I believe, against uh the uh the Rams his rookie year. I think he had two interceptions that year that he was involved in, but he started and in the slot as a rookie. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, him, they had him, they drafted like Kenneth Acker. Yes, good pull there with Kenneth. And the other, they had the two late-round corners, Acker Re- and... Uh, Keith Reeser. Reeser, yep. Acker and Reeser. See, that's why I got Eric Crocker on the pod. He's, he knows his DBs. He remembers the late-round defensive backs that I've forgotten about, and I might have never thought about those names ever again for the rest of my life, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so we have, I think we're good. We have 15 spots left with after 10 DBs here. And the last two years, the 49ers have kept 15 combined defensive linemen and linebackers. Last year, they kept nine D linemen and six linebackers to break camp. The year before, it was 10 D linemen and five linebackers. So we'll have to decide how we do that. We're going back to front here on the defensive side of the ball. Let's finish up our roster projections on defense with linebackers and defensive linemen next. I'd like to take a moment here to tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And then when I say all your sports, everything Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, playoffs, super fun, even more fun when you've got a little bit of extra action on those games UFC, MMA, celebrity boxing, golf, everything you could imagine betting on, they've got available, they've got lines on it. 
at Bet Online. You've got some futures bets when it comes to NFL teams. Over under win totals on your favorite team. Rookie of the year. MVP and Super Bowl champion. So uh, before you do anything else, head over to Bet Online, your laptop, mobile device, your desktop computer. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. That's promo code LOCKED ON at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Linebacker. All right, who are the locks at linebacker? Fred Warner. And Dre Greenlaw. Are there any other locks for you at linebacker? I would put Al Shire in there. Yeah. I like what I've saw from Al Shire so far in his career. He plays uh, well. Yeah. He plays well. And I think he's got some versatility to be strong side backer, back up to Warner, middle linebacker. So I think that's valuable. So I think he's pretty close to a lock for the 49ers here. Yeah, there are a lot of people that look at the linebacker corner and they're like, man, what if Fred Warner goes down? I'm like, man, if a Fred Warner on any team goes down, like you're going to be in some kind of trouble. But 49ers have solid linebackers behind them. Linebacker is a position that is a little bit more plug and play. Again, you're not going to get the production of Fred Warner and maybe you can't do some of the things that he can do in in coverage. But just from the standpoint of being able to have somebody out there that just doesn't look extremely lost, especially for a short period of time, a game or two, I think he's somebody who can step in and play. So if we're we're counting Samson Abukam as a linebacker, and I'm sort of considering him a a defensive end, an edge player. So I'd, I'd put him yeah. on, on on edge, but I think he's listed. I can't remember if he's listed as a linebacker or not. I've seen him listed as a linebacker a lot. He played a little bit more off ball with the Rams. Do you consider him as part of this group or the D-line group? I consider him a part of the D-line group, just like okay. I did with D4. Okay, I, I do too. And, and so I, I think really we're keeping five, and we probably want numbers on the D-line. So we go 10 D-linemen most likely. So that only leaves right. us with two more linebacker spots, two more pure linebacker spots. And those spots are between undrafted free agent rookie Justin Hilliard out of Ohio State, uh, undrafted rookie Elijah Sullivan. There is Demetrius Flanagan-Foles, who's kind of bounced around between the practice squad and the bottom of the roster for a couple years now since he was undrafted in 2019. We've got James Burgess, who came over from the Packers as a free agent, and Jonas Griffith, who I don't remember ever existing before. Do you, do you know who Jonas <laughs> Griffith is? But I see his name here. Not at all. (laughs) Never heard of it. Other question. Hufanga? Harris? This is our opportunity. Do we want to move them into the linebacker group and give ourselves a chance to keep another DB? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to go with... Nah. I think we're good where we're at in the secondary, and I think we can still go five LBs here. I'm going to go with Burgess because he's the veteran. So you have somebody who's probably going to be able to come in right now, play special teams, and give you some you know, depth ability. Probably comes in right away, understands how teams might try to attack him in whatever position they put him in. So I'm going to go with him. And then I want to go with the rookie from Ohio State because I hear, I hear a lot of good things about him. But I'm going to go with Flanagan Fowles. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I'm going DFF here. Uh, for for yeah. one of those spots, and so I'm buying the Burgess thing. I think special teams is important. Uh, they they cut Nate Nate Jerry, isn't it Gary or Nate Jerry? The other day, 
uh, which yeah. I was a little bit surprised about that they cut him because I thought he was he probably would have made this for me. So the fact that they cut him probably means they like Flanagan Foles now to to break camp on the big roster. He's a former safety, you know, has some athleticism and some length to him. So I, I like that ability that he has and then the special teams value of a veteran like James Burgess. I think we're on to something here. Um, and I think someone like for me, Justin Hilliard, you could sneak onto the practice squad. But you're, do you think Hilliard makes it for you? And that means you would either keep uh, only one of Burgess or uh, Flanagan Fells. See, I always now I have like the thought process of we typically, you know, as 49ers, people that cover the Niners or the fans, I think we value our players more than maybe the rest of the league. Right. Because I feel like every team has a Hilliard on their team, right? That they're like, Oh, we can't let him. Mm-hmm. We can't let him go because he's he's not gonna make it back to practice squad. Then, like every year, they make it back to practice squad. So, unless he does something crazy in preseason where he's just flashing a whole lot, making all these crazy plays, intercepting passes, if he's not doing that, then I'm gonna say he'll he'll make it back to practice squad. I'm gonna I, I'd at least gamble on that. Yeah. He went undrafted for a reason. Right. And if someone picks him up, more power to him. Good job. Now you're on a 53-man roster. Congratulations. It it doesn't kill you in that case. And then you you sign uh, Elijah Sullivan to the practice squad instead. So uh, I'm with you on on both of those counts. So that gives us five linebackers here. And now we have 10 spots. So this is... This is easy, actually. I thought we were going to have to make some tougher decisions and maybe steal back from the offensive side of the ball, but I think we're good on offense. We've got a lot of linemen on offensive line. We've got uh, three tight ends. That's a little thin. Wide receiver, no idea what to think about that. A lot of battles in camp going for the um, the wide receiver three spot, and we still got three quarterbacks. The other thing that could happen here is maybe we say, oh, no, maybe we only really like nine defensive linemen. Maybe we could give the offense back a running back or something like that. So that's something mm, we could okay. consider here too. So let's start going through these linemen now. And we have we have 10 spots left. And the defensive line is the only position group to go after five linebackers. The locks are pretty easy of the starters on the defensive line with Nick Bosa. You've got Javon Kinlaw. You've mm-hmm. got DJ Jones. And mm-hmm. you've got Eric Armstead. Now, that leaves us with six more potentially, or five if we want to give uh, a running back to the offensive side of the ball. Zach Kerr. Hold on, you forgot from... about Ebicam. Oh, Ebicam. Oh, that's right. He's defensive lineman. Thank you for reminding me there. So we got Ebicam on there. On the list I'm looking at, he's listed as a linebacker. So he's on there. So that's five. So we got five more spots to play with here after our locks on the defensive line. Zach Kerr, D. Ford. Jordan Willis, Deshaun Hall, Darian Daniels, Kevin Givens, Maurice Hurst, Contavious Street, Arden Key, Alex Barrett, Corbin Kafusi. Kof- uh, I mean, there's a lot of candidates here. There's a lot of bodies here, especially on the interior. Kevin Givens is almost a lock, right? Givens, I, I feel like he has to be a yeah, lock. Okay. He's pretty damn good. Yeah, he is. He's I like good. He me. reminds me a lot of, I want to say it was DJ Jones, how DJ Jones kind of worked his way in, then he started playing a little bit more, and, and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, he's a starter. And Givens, I feel like he gives you some of that. He got a lot of love a couple years back from Baldinger, right? He Baldy breakdown, he did it on Kevin Givens in the yes. preseason and said, hey, 49ers have a ton of depth at this position. They might have to let him go. If they do, he would be a good pickup for someone else. He's been able to hang around with the 49ers. And last year when he played, remember that pick six that Javon Kinlaw got? It was forced from Givens, and he's made some plays. So he's a guy I, I definitely got to say he's a lock. And since he changed his number, 
think he just looks a lot more appealing to the eye. He he went from like sixty three to number yeah. ninety or something. Like right. That. Oh yeah. Now that's, he looks like an all pro. That's that's huge. Anytime uh, a player can go from an ugly number in the sixties into something like the nineties. So yeah, that's that's huge stock up there. I'm gonna have to get used to all these guys in the single digits. I, I can't really wrap my brain around that yet. It's gonna take a couple of preseason weeks, I think, before I'm getting used to that. So. That is now six, if I'm correct. Let me double check here. Six, yeah. So we got three ends, three tackles. Bosa, Armstead, Ibukam. That Armstead, Ibukam, you know, Armstead could go inside, but um, and then three and a half tackles if you're counting Armstead a half both way. Kinlaw, Jones, Gibbons. Now it gets Did tough. you mention D Ford? I mentioned D Ford earlier. I don't think I'm not projecting him to make the roster. I'm not projecting him to well, ever. I, I think he's. I think we have to treat him the exact same way we treated um, Jalen Hurd on offense. Yeah, because right? I, I don't think they can let him go, right? Because if something, whatever they did with the money, it benefits them more to have him around to some capacity. Yeah. Right? So the question is, do they create a spot? He he's going to be around. Is the spot created by him being on the fifty-three, or is it IR? You know, injured list designation. That's the question. So. So do we have to put him in here because we know he's going to be around? Like we can't, we can't cheat like with the herd thing. I guess we could and just say he's going to be on the injured list because he won't break camp ready to play. Or do you just? He's put him been in out. Here? He's been out since week one, two thousand twenty. Right. So if he's not healthy now, I mean, come on. And it did sound like Kyle Shanahan said he was working towards being healthy, but Kyle never really sounded too confident that he was going to be active. So I think this is a wait and see type thing, and if we're taking that approach, then I, I think I'm going to go with him uh, not taking up a roster spot and starting on the PUP list, pub list. Let's um, okay. Well, let's hold on. Let's see. Maybe we can fit him in, and we just feel good about feel good about it anyway with our ten defensive linemen. So we'll put him aside for a second because we still have three more spots, even if we kept Ford, Mo Hurst, Hurst. I like Hurst a lot. I think that's a good one. The other thing about Ford is the Niners need edge depth because they have, you know, they have, we Ibukam's kind of linebacker. Armstead's kind of a tackle. Bosa's the only true pure defensive end they have right now that we're that we're that we think is a lock for the roster. Hmm. Arden Key. Yeah, I've talked to some uh, some Raiders folks and they're like, yeah, Arden Key's trash. <laughs> and I think that's maybe more of a personal thing where they're like, yeah, I don't like the way he plays. I don't like his effort or something like that. Well, he, he can he can definitely be trash from a sense of maybe what they thought they were going to get from him. But maybe he can be a decent rotation player. You know, 49ers had guys like Deion Jordan filling last year. He was able to get a couple sacks. You know, uh, Jordan Willis, you know, those type of guys. And maybe he kind of fits that type of mode where you're not expecting a whole lot, where the Raiders are probably hoping – Consisting like, oh man, like this is the year, this is the year, and it was never the year. 49ers like, well, can you just be the fifth best edge rusher, potentially? The other thing is Jordan Willis is suspended for six weeks, right? Or six games. Right. So what do we do with him? I don't think he counts. He he doesn't count at all against the roster. Are you sure? He doesn't have to make it first before you put him on some kind of a list to get an exemption for those first six weeks because he's on a different suspended list. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. If it I'm not mistaken. Now somebody will t tweet me tomorrow morning. I mean, uh, yeah, they'll tweet me tomorrow morning and tell me I'm wrong though. <laughs> yeah. 
They probably will. That's okay. Let us know if we're wrong. At BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, because there's uh, there's some roster stuff and some cap stuff that uh, that I always seem to get wrong, and it seems like it always changes once I figure out what the hell's going on in the NFL. All right, so Bosa, Armstead, Ebocom. Even if we keep Ford, Hurst, Givens, Jones, Kinlaw. Oh, we still have uh, another spot or two. I think we're good. I think we're totally fine here, especially if you think you're going to get Ford at some point. If you think you're going to get Willis at some point, I don't feel great about the edge, but we've got plenty uh, defensive tackles as well. So, Kentavious Street, Arden Key, Alex Barrett, Deshaun Hall, and Darian Daniels. I know I, I don't know a whole lot about Daniels, but there was someone that told me that they really like him. I liked so. I liked what I've seen from Daniels in a in a similar mold to Givens. He's sort of a year behind him as an undrafted free agent, right? As someone who's you know plays well, and it's it's easier to find those those bowling ball defensive tackles than it is to find stud edge players too. And so that's why I feel so. Oh, Kerr, we haven't talked about Kerr. Kerr's got to be on there. Zach Kerr from the Carolina Panthers. He's a lock. He's a near lock. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot about Kerr. That's five. I mean, that's five defensive tackles already. Darian Daniels. We go six and four. Nah, you need that edge depth. Kentavious Street? Run it back one more time with Kentavious Street? Because now it comes down to if, if the last spot you want is to be an edge guy. You got to hope Darian Daniels can sneak onto the practice squad maybe. And you have Arden Key, Deshaun Hall, or Kentavious Street, or Alex Barrett for the last spot. I, I want to go with Kentavious Street. But I just feel like, or or you say screw it, give me a running back. You want to bring? I'd say screw it, give me a running back. Like don't don't have a guy just to have a guy. You want to bring Gallman along? Let's bring Gallman. I feel like they'll okay. have a role for him. Ooh, there we go. Wayne Gallman's back. Yeah, Wayne Gallman's back. Okay, so uh, if we stop here and Ford is healthy and ready to go. Then there's four ends and five tackles with Willis on the suspended list. That gives us Bosa, Armstead, Ewokam, Ford, Kinlaw, Jones, Givens, Hurst, Kerr. Yeah, I'm good with that. There it is. That is your San Francisco 49ers 53-man roster, according to Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here on Locked On 49ers. If you like it, if you don't like it, let us know on Twitter, at BDPeacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, and we will be back next week. Croc, you got something else? Well, I was just going to say, one thing that we kind of forgot to mention is that Eric Armstead is our starting 4-3 defensive end. Yes, yes. And I think we just kind of lumped him in with the defensive tackles, but he is an, he is an end that slides inside. I, I personally think he should be inside more, but they don't have the depth at edge to let him do that. So he's going to play end. Right. He's going to play more end than tackle the way this roster is constructed, for sure. Yeah, he, I was he's thinking, in like, the, man, how, he's I, was thinking, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about this defensive line. And then I thought about that, like, oh, okay, that makes things a little bit better where you do right. have Armstead there. And then you have, you know, Jones and, and Kinlaw and those guys inside. And then – and then you do have Armstead who can slide inside. Then now you got an Ebucam who can rush, and now you're just looking at maybe a, po- a possible rotation uh, edge guy. Especially if Ford can give you something on third downs. Just be, if he's healthy enough to be active and rush the passer eight times a game, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's like, that. that's yeah. a big one too. That would really <laughs> help alleviate all that on the edge. Because still, as it as it is, Bosa, Armstead, Ibukam, Ford. And then if Ford's not healthy... What do you got at end still, even with Armstead playing mostly end? That's still a little thin, a little worrisome there.
But, uh, yeah, that's your roster. We'll be back next week where we start camping. Training camp opens next week. Croc and I will be here for you every day throughout camp, throughout preseason, throughout the regular season. Lockdown 49ers.